0: Hello, everyone. Thank you, uh, Evie. Um, so our topic our topic for today on our theme of what the divine image looks like is going to be the question of gender. And it's come up a little bit in previous sessions, um, sort of in passing, but really we're dedicating this, this class to examining that issue head on. Um, and essentially, the question is, is relatively straightforward, although figuring it out is going to be a little bit tricky. Uh, the question is, when we say that Adam is created in the divine image, and we generally extend that to all of humanity. So, is that in some way limited, or inflected, or you know uh, uh, affected in some way by gender? Does that apply equally to uh, to men and women, or is there some way in which there's a difference there? Um, so that's our that's our uh, our topic for today. We're going to be starting off with the psukim, with the biblical account, and then looking at various approaches within chazal including some uh, some uh, post uh, post-chazal interpretations and other approaches, and uh, that's, that's our, our, our role for today. So let's just start with the psukim. So I think you should be able to have the handout uh, as, a, as a separate file based on the chat, and uh, I think I'm going to share the screen, but as usual everyone uh, is encouraged to share their screen and share their tzell uh, melokim with everyone, so to speak, um, but we'll jump in with, with the handout here Again, we'll start with the Pesachim. So we, we saw these biblical verses previously, but, um, but now we're gonna look at them with a bit of a specific angle. So, uh, the main two verses, uh, or the primary two verses on this issue. And God says, let us, and that's a problem we're not gonna deal with today. Let us make Adam in our uh, image and our form, and they, right? Yerdu. They will uh, will take control or will will be empowered over the fish and the birds and the animals and the crawling things. So already, just in this pasuk, we have something unusual, which is it says, nasa Adam, let us create Adam," which sounds like it's singular, especially if Adam means Adam Arishon, the first the first man. And then it says, "Yerdu, they." Will be in control of the earth. So, uh, what is it? Is it is it uh, is it a single uh, is it a single Adam or is it a plural? And continuing to Pazakav Kav it's not going to get any clearer. Elokim haAdam bitsalmo, Elokim bara God creates Adam in his in God's image. He created uh, and then it says zachar unkeva bara osam. He created them, male and female. So again, we have a problem here. There's repetition. It says uh, God created Adam in the Tzalem, in, in the image of God, and then it says He created him male and female. So and, and then created them male and female, right? So is it is it uh, uh, is it singular, so, him, or is it plural, them, male and female? And uh, right, it's, it, right off the bat, both in pasuk and Kavzayan, we have this same tension: is Adam a single, a single masculine? Uh, person, right? Did God create one man called Adam, or did God create plural, a species made up of Zachar and the Keva, made up of both males and females? The tension is already there just in those psukim. And if we uh, if if we thought things were too simple, if we move a few psukim later to Parak Bay's abrasions, as we discussed in the first class, there seem to be two different accounts of the creation of Adam. In the second account, we have we have another tension that the right there's a tension within source number one in terms of whether Adam is single or plural, male or male and female. And then if we look in the account in Parak Bayes, I and mean, there's a little bit of skipping here, but we'll run through it uh, to try to, to see the picture. God creates Adam, dirt from the ground, blows into his mouth, and Adam is a living creature. So we spoke the first class about the difference between Adam here who sounds he's created from dirt, Um, and it's not really focused on the divine image, whereas in the first section, it sounds like it is creating, God is creating Adam in the divine image. So that, leaving putting that on the side for now, we have another question, which is, right now, we're just talking about Adam, right? God puts Adam in this Gan Eden, in this garden, which has tree in it. Adam is placed there to guard it and to watch it. Again, this is one person. This is Adam Harishon, just Adam. And then, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I'll create a helper. So, uh, and then we see, creates all of the animals. He brings them to Adam. Adam names all the animals. Uh, and still, none of them were a fitting uh, helpmate. Uh, and then, so then the, God applies the first surgery that we know of. God uh, puts Adam in a sleep. He takes one of his ribs or sides and puts flesh underneath it. And he builds that flesh into a woman and, send, and sends her to Adam. This is Adam's, this is going to be Adam's wife. Right? Uh, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. This is going to be a woman because she comes from man. And the two words are related. This is why uh, men and women leave their parents' homes and uh, join together and are a single flesh. So the account here is very different, right? Instead of God creating once and for all, male and female at the same time, presumably in the divine image, whether that's singular or plural. Here, the whole account is, is very clear. Adam is created singular, and then there's some period where Adam searches for his mate, can't find one, and then... God creates Chava, God, or the first woman. We don't even call her Chava yet. God creates the first woman to be a partner to Adam. So it seems pretty clear from this account that the, what's Adam is created right away. Chava is only created much later and she's created as part of Adam, as part of his body and then formed into another, uh, another human being. But again, we have a tension here. Number one, Salam Elohim, the divine image is not mentioned in this account. It's only mentioned in source one, not in source two. And number two, uh, in terms of at what time were Adam and Chava created? It sounds from source one that they were created at the same time. God creates them simultaneously. Whereas in source two, it sounds like uh, first Adam is created, and then there's this whole period where he searches for his mate before God creates Chava out of Adam. right? And also, of course, um, what's the source of Chava? That also is different. right? Is Chava created more or less directly by God, which is what it sounds like in, in source one in Paragalif. Or is Chava created from Adam, taken out of Adam's side? So there seems to be a real tension between sources one and two. And that, of course, is in addition to the tension inherent within source number one. We're just going to look at the third a third uh, uh, set of psukim, and then we'll take some questions. Uh, again, we, we saw this all in previous, t- previous uh, uh, sessions, but again, with a different angle here. Source number three, Harak hey, we're about to talk about the generations, the begats from Adam. Zeh Sefer us Adam. This is the book of the generations of Adam. Biyom Adam. The day God created Adam. God created Adam in the image of God. So again, we have that just like in source one, Adam singular is created in the image of God. And then also like in source one, we have the tension God created them, male and female, presumably both in the image of God. So what is it? Adam is in the image of God, or Adam and Chava. That same tension. Shemam Adam Biyomi Baram. God called them Adam, both male and female. All of humanity is called Adam. Adam means presumably here means something like human. right So that's already a different account. So is God is, when we say Adam is created in the divine image, does that mean the single man Adam who's created first or does that mean humanity? by Adam all of humanity is called Adam. Uh, and then it gets it gets even more tricky when we look at the following passing Adam lives 130 years by Muso Kitsalmo. And then he has a child, he fathers a child in his image with his likeness, with the dmus and the tselem of Adam. But Adam's image and likeness is God's. So in his own image and therefore in God's image, by Christ Shemo and he calls that child Chase. Chase, Chase lives uh, for, uh, uh, for for however many hundred years, or Adam lives another eight hundred years, has more children, etc. etc. The, the 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 generations continue, but this is the last time we see that anyone is said to be created in the D'mus and the Tselem in the image and likeness of Adam, who himself was created in the image and likeness of God. So we have a question here. Does it end at some point? Is this the last Dmuz and Tzallim? Does it get cut off with Shays? Or does it continue for all of humanity? And why is uh, is this focused here on Adam and Shays? What about, uh, why no one else? Why no one else? And is it a coincidence that we're focused on Adam and Shays who are both male? And not, none of the women here, uh, Chava is also Sheh's mother, right? But she's not mentioned as, as uh, passing on Herdsmus and Selem to her son. So there's a lot of tensions here. Although I think the most straightforward reading of this, if you had to ask, are women created But The most straightforward answer is yes. Look at source number one. It says, God created Adam uh, in the divine image. Adam is the species and male and female were all created in the divine image. That's probably the most straightforward answer. But as we see, there's a lot of tensions inherent in this biblical material pulling in different directions. It, did God just create a singular person in the divine image or male and female? The two different accounts of the story. Is, is creation is Chava created by God directly or from Adam? And then finally, this point about uh, Shays somehow getting some privileged uh, Solomon was passed on to him is it just him is, is it no one else are there no women involved how exactly should we understand this so uh, i'll take some questions now and we'll uh, we're going to look at uh, we're going to look at how this is understood in chazal and in other sources as well um okay now i see someone asked the question they become one flesh presumably this is talking to at to the stage of after marriage or after a man and woman leave their families' uh, homes and they become one flesh what exactly does that mean so that's a great question Um, Presumably, it's referring at some level to the sexual union, um, but maybe it's talking to something broader than that, and uh, maybe it's indicating that, uh, given the context, maybe it's indicating that just like Adam and Chaga were originally a single flesh, so the goal of all marriage is to restore that uh, original status of a joint male-female. And uh, just like Adam was originally, right, just Adam and Chava came out of Adam and then they were separated, but then they reunited in marriage. Maybe that's the whole idea of marriage. We're going to see that theme will come back uh, as we move through these sources. So great question. Any other questions or thoughts or perspectives based on the biblical materials, uh, based on the, you know, gracious that we've seen so far? Does anyone have uh, resolutions to the contradictions that we've seen or is everything, everything's crystal clear? Or the or the contradictions are so clear that everything's not clear. Okay, yeah, Al.
1: Well, I've always been able to accept these two, these two apparently contradictory creations by thinking of it as archetypes and then the reality, and so that works for me. Um, It's a little Platonic, but it I don't know if Plato got it from Jewish. Mentality, or you know, universal unconscious, but that seems to work for me.
0: Well, we're actually going to see Plato on this issue, so it's good you uh, invoked Plato. Well, we'll be there soon. Um, But let's say you take it as as archetypes. Still, what's the archetype? Is the archetype that Adam, you know, that that male and female are in the divine image, or that just male is in the divine image and and uh, female is a subsidiary of that? What's your archetype? There seem to be different archetypes here that even are contradictory to one another. Right? So I think, I think uh, that only helps so much, but, but you still need to, you need to answer the question. And you might say they're, they're both true in different contexts. I don't know, there's a lot of creative work you can do, but uh, there still, still remains a contradiction. So we're gonna look at different approaches to trying to resolve this, um, unless there are any further questions or comments. Um, okay, so let's move, let's move on. I'll share the screen again, and uh, we'll, we'll jump back into the handout. Um, we're going to first look at a few sources that try to solve the problem in one particular direction. Try at least potentially can be read as saying no, Selem elokim is only for male I- individuals. Only for only men are really created with Selem Kim, Only Adam and some some uh, degree of his male descendants. Um, so first, and this is a tricky source to use, but we'll we'll try it anyway and see how it works. This is uh, the story the several different versions of this story, but the, uh, the, tra- the translation of the Torah into Greek by the Shivim Zakanim, the Septuagint. So uh, there's a tradition in Chazal that they had to change several different terms in the translation. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see here in source, uh, source number four, it lists Yud Gimel Davar, Shinu with talmai Amel. They translated the Torah for Talmi and they changed 13 different things. Two of them are relevant to our discussion. So the first is a Ha'ol Kim Right. God created the beginning, instead of the beginning created God, which is uh, could be confused as as the world existing before God or something like that. Fine, that's not our issue right now. Number two, instead of Adam, we will create God, implying that God had some help with other creatures, maybe the angels. Instead, it's Adam, I will create Adam. That solves that theological problem. But again, that, that we saw that text. We're not going to focus on that issue now. But the next passage, the next thing that they changed is very important. Zahar kavav biraam. Instead of saying Zahar un biraam, that God created them male and female, instead it's un kavav and a uh, nekev is a hole. So presumably, what this means is God created Adam male and his holes and the various uh, the various orifices of man, including let's say for uh, you know for going to the bathroom for those purposes. That's what that's how they translated it for. Uh, for the for uh, Ptolemy, for the Greek translation, so there may have been a variety of reasons of why they were trying to do that, but whatever you say, it sounds like they're erasing the Nikeva from the picture, right? The best source we had so far is this very line: Zachar uNakeva Bira'am. God created them, Adam in plural, male and female, all in the divine image. That was the that was the clearest indication that women are created in the divine image. And Chazal, when they translate this to the Greeks, they change that very that very uh, uh word they changed the word and it came out to nikava so it's a man and his halls rather than a, a man, man and woman and uh, of course there's different ways of understanding this what do you do with this because this is not the authorized this is not like the ideal translation this is the translation with all sorts of concessions made so that the greek readers won't be confused right so it's not like no one thinks that the hebrew torah should say Elokim bar abracious instead of bracious bar elohim so the question is what do you do with this does this indicate that, uh, you know, that, you know, for the Greeks not to get confused, they had to compromise and and erase uh, women being in the divine image, but really they think women are in the divine image, is there some other reason uh, why they changed the text, um, or maybe maybe this uh, modified translation actually indicates the real understanding of Chazal, it's hard to know, but certainly one could read this source as saying that only Adam, as opposed to Chava, only Zachar, as opposed to Nekeva, is created, in the divine image, if you if you take it at face value, which again, there's there's good reason not to, but at least potentially, this is one source in that direction. Let's take a look at a couple of other sources that one could pull in a similar direction, but from a different text. So source number five, this is Bracious Rabbah, the Midrashic commentary on Bracious from Chazal, and we're going to see Bracious Rabbah says a few different things, uh, and some of them may pull in different directions, but at least this one is going to say as follows, Ulusheis gam enosh, this is um, right after the reading we saw in source number three. A few seconds later, it says Shase had a son, Enosh. Uh, fine. So the 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 medrash talks about. This. So they asked in front of uh, Abba Koim Bardala, they said, Adam, Enosh, the first three generations, right? Adam, his son Shais, his son Enosh, and then he was quiet. Adkan That's it. Until that point, they're created in the divine image and, and likeness. After that point in time, the generations got all mixed up. kintorin. They, they were created as kintorin. Does someone want to try to offer a guess as to what the word kintorin means? Uh, it's phonetically similar in English to what uh, to what uh, to to the Hebrew here, which really comes from the... the yeah, really comes from... Uh, uh, uh probably yeah. We come from centaur? Latin, I think. Centaur, centaur. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Steg. Um, so it says they were created centaurs. They weren't human. They were somehow mixed up, and they were centaurs. So what? So that's pretty odd. Let's continue. we may enosh ben sheis, and enosh's generation, four things changed. <speaking in Spanish> the mountains got became short. ha'meis <speaking in Spanish> Um. And Vinasuchu and the Mazik, and all different things happened. One of the things here is people's faces became like monkeys. So, really, we see two different ways, these different traditions, but pointing the same direction that people started looking like centaurs or people's faces started looking like monkeys. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so it seems like there's some degeneration of humanity. Now, the question is how far did that go? Right? So in that, in that generation, so Adam, Shays, and Enos were the last three creating the divine image. And then all these bad things happened. Humanity devolved in its form. It no longer was in the divine form, which, by the way, sounds like a physical form. right? No longer was in the physical divine form. Instead, it was in the f- physical form of a centaur or of a, uh, a monkey face. right? It sounds like an insult, but it's not. It's just what Bracious uh, Rava says. Um, so how do we understand that? So, so again, number one, it sounds like the divine image is a physical thing right which of course is controversial and we saw that uh, 2 weeks ago but what happened after that was there some sort of point at which things reverted to normal like the whole world was destroyed maybe and then going forward everyone was in the divine image again theoretically maybe that's what the model was or maybe no the hum- humanity's current state is more or less you know we're more like monkeys than they used to be or we're more like centaurs in some way or other than they used to be right is that is that what this Medrash is saying? That uh, literally the only people created in the divine image are Adam, Shays, and Enosh. And anyone who's born after them is maybe, you know, we're, we're descendants from them, but we're not actually in the divine image because we've we've degenerated to one degree or another. So I think there's it's, there's different ways of reading this. Um, it definitely sounds like that. The first statement of uh, Abba Koyim is Adam, Shays, Enosh. And he says, that's the end of Tzalem and D'mus. It sounds like. Only three people were created some came and No one after that. Now you're going to have some problems with that because like, murder is prohibited because humans are in the divine image. And if you say people aren't in the divine image anymore, that would allow murder. Presumably, we don't believe that. Murder is prohibited based on that verse. So th- there may be, you know, you could say there's different levels of it or something like that. But you could read this source as saying as only other Mshayis and Enosh have the divine image. And of course, who's missing from this list is Chava or uh Shay's wife, or whoever else, right? It sounds like the the if you have a limited number of humans in the divine image, they're all men. So that would again be a similar reading in that direction. Something parallel to that in Alus Rabbi source number six here has a list of people who were born circumcised, or men who were born circumcised. So Adam created Adam in his image, presumably in the divine image, and that means Adam is circumcised because. I guess circumcision is is a perfecting of the human body. And uh, without circumcision, Adam couldn't be called in the divine image. Shays is born in Adam's image and likeness. And he also must have been circumcised in the same way. So uh, this, again, you can read this along similar lines. It doesn't say this about other people that they're created in the divine image. Therefore, they were circumcised. So maybe uh, being Mitzel came is limited to Adam and Shays. And no one else, no other men, no other women either, no women at all. Again, it, it's a certain reading. You don't have to read it that way. But the fact that this proof text is used this way and the fact that the Torah explicitly tells us only two people who are created in the divine image, namely Adam and Chase you could read it that way. Um, and again, we're going to see other approaches uh, in a couple of minutes, but I just want to set this up uh, by looking at more, possibly more restrictive approaches. The Maharal, in his commentary on Baba Basra, has something uh, pretty, uh, in a similar direction, but pretty intense as well. Um, so he says, or Adam." So talking about sort of the degeneration over time. All people compared to Sarah are like a monkey compared to a person. Again, Sarah is in the divine image so much more than other humans that other humans are like a monkey. Ad, Avram and Sarah have this status of being like Adam, of being on a higher, a higher level, a higher degree of the divine form, divine image. is right? on this higher level. She's more uh, she's more human or more in the divine image than other people. Sarah She has greater divine image. But Sarah, despite her high spiritual level, her high level of divine image, is like a monkey compared uh, to Chava, right? Sorry, compared to Chava is like a monkey compared to a person. So Chava was on an even higher level. Adam and Chava were created fully in the divine image, right? So that, that itself is interesting, that uh, Chava is, is clearly on a high level of the divine image. But Chava is not exactly on Adam's level, Chava is still on a lower level than Adam. It explicitly says Adam is created in the divine image. Chava is sort of secondary to to Adam and Sarah is secondary to Chava and all humans are secondary to to Sarah. Um, Now this is a little bit intense, a little bit maybe theologically problematic on some readings that adam compared to the shechina compared to the divine presence is like a monkey compared to a person so again like this is like uh, those analogies on the sats or whatever right shechina is to adam as adam is to chava as chava is to sarah as sarah is to other humans we have this like degeneration everyone is a level lower than the uh, than the person above them or the being above them but somehow adam is like only a step below the shechina so you know, I'm four levels below Adam. Adam is one level below the Shekhinah. Adam is much closer to the Shekhinah than I am to Adam, or any of any of us. Right? That's a little uh, a, a little mind boggling to think about. But again, this is this is the idea of the Maharal, building on Kabbalistic uh, uh, conceptions. We're going to keep going. adam Right. Human image is based on the divine image, but it's not 100%. So it's not exactly the same. So Adam is like a derivative, one level down from the divine image. Um, right? Animals don't have a divine image, so humans are a level up from them. And then he points out, this is also interesting, he says that Sarah and Avram actually have the same level of Tzav Melkim because Sarah has a greater level of Nebuah. That means that Sarah wasn't lower than Avram. Um, so again, this is, our, this is our level, right? This is the way it works. All of humans, well, there's animals there's humans, there's Avram and Sarah, there's Chava, there's Adam, and then there's the Shechina. That's the level. And each one is the equivalent relationship, right? Each one is like a monkey compared to a person. Um, so this is like the the Maharal's anthropology of, really, of, uh, of you know, humanity from from God to the animals, with all of humans in the middle, uh, along the lines of these levels. So what do we see from here? Um, so it sounds like, Adam, only Adam, is on the super level of Tel of the closest, but number two is Chava, and then Avram and Sarah are, are up there too, so it's not, you know, it's not quite exclusive to men, it, it sounds like it's exclusive to Adam or Rishon, and then there's some uh, other, you know, other uh, devolution as you go down a step for each person, so this is, again, a complex, complex Kabbalistic account. And as you see, this idea of being in the divine image is tied to one spiritual level. It's not a physical. It's not only. It's not a physical form. It's not only a physical form, right? Because it's tied into things like nevuah, or being directly created by God, uh, which which sound like they're more about spirituality. But that's an approach of the Maharal. that's worth worth thinking about. Um, moving outside the Jewish tradition, there's uh, but you know in a similar time period to when uh, at least early sources of Chazal are from. There's an interesting passage in First Corinthians 11 in the New Testament, um, where uh, where uh, he writes as follows. This is uh, a Paul writing a letter to the Corinthians. We'll read the underlying part. He says, and this is about head coverings. This is the first source within a, you know, something approaching a Jewish context uh, for covering one's hair within a, religious, uh, within a religious context, which is interesting. A man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God. So people are created in the divine image, right? That's Selim and Demus El Therefore, you shouldn't cover your head. Why would you cover your head? This head is so perfect. It's in the divine image. That's for men. But woman is the glory of man. So if man is the glory of God, women are the glory of men. Again, this hierarchy, but here it's set up around very much gender. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man, right? Man comes first. Adam comes first. And Chava comes from Adam. Perak right? That's Perak beis of gracious Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. A woman is meant to serve man. That's, that's his reading. Therefore, um, therefore, there's a difference in the level of divine image. A woman is basically not in the divine image; man is. Therefore, he shouldn't cover his head. But women are not in the divine image. Therefore, they can, and really, they should, for a whole uh, other set of reasons that come up in this chapter that we don't need to get into. But what's interesting is that this idea of of there being um, right men being created in the divine image, but now women, we find this in this early uh, Christian source. And we didn't find it's clearer here than in any of the Chazal sources, right? Some of the sources in Chazal, we said, well, maybe you can read it, and it's not fully clear. It's it's not 100%. Uh, it's not 100% that that we're reading it the the way it was meant to be read. Here, I don't see any other way of reading it uh, other than that uh, women are not in the divine image according to this text. So those were a few examples from mostly from Chazal, and one from uh, you know a parallel group interpreting the Torah in the time of Chazal. lahavdil of course, major differences there too, but um that that's what we uh, that's what we have here so we'll pause now for some questions i see uh, there's a question posted from facebook how can man be created in the image of god and yet have a Yetzir hara, presumably given to him by god as well so good question we'll we'll talk about uh the evil inclination the Yetzir hara, in a bit the gemara we're gonna we're gonna spend a little bit of time on the in brachos that talks about the yetzirah as well as talking about uh, being created in the divine image but um yeah w- there's different ways of taking that you can say that um, there's different parts of humanity, some of which are from God, some of which are sort of uh, incorporated externally. Um, the Hara itself may be external, meaning people themselves may be good, but the Aeserahara is this external force trying to get people to do bad. That's another understanding. Um, you could, if you understand the har is just like the capacity for choice, for free will, so, right, as the Aeserahara, you can choose good or choose bad, then that's maybe that's the same as the, as the divine image. According to some, the divine image means the capacity to choose, free will. So if so, uh, the capacity to do evil is actually a fundamental part of the divine image. But in any event, that uh, we're not going to get into that too far, but those are a few approaches to possibly answer that question. Any other questions or comments uh, based on the sources we've seen so far, all of which point to some difference between men and women in terms of the divine image? Um, we have an explicit midrashima on Zachari Una Kavav or parallels to the texts... Of the Septuagint, um, I didn't check the Septuagint to see what they have. It's a good question. I haven't seen any parallels though, so I, I don't know how many parallels there are. I think generally some of the, the the those thirteen examples have you know appear in the Septuagint that we have, uh, and some of them don't. So I'm not sure about this one. Um, I, if I if I have a chance, I'll, I'll check later. But uh, yeah, good question. Are there any other questions or thoughts? Feel free to type or to uh, you know, say them, speak them out. All right. If not, we're going to jump back in, and we're going to look now at other other material in Chazal, especially those right now, especially those relating to marriage and procreation, that uh, that might point in another direction. Meaning, it might point not that there's some exclusivity to men, but maybe uh, that would indicate that some of Kim applies to men and women as well. And part of the challenge here is we don't have we don't have the clearest sources. It's not like I mean, the, you know, you have, we have a tension within, within the Torah's psukim. We have tensions within Chazal as well, or mostly avoidance of directly stating these points. Yair Lorberbaum, in his book about the divine image, he basically spends one footnote discussing the issue of, of women not being the divine image. He says he's not aware of any Talmudic source that explicitly states women are not created in the divine image. And he, you know there's some things that may point in that direction. So let's look at a few sources that may indicate that uh, that women are in the divine image based on Chazal. We'll start with a Tosefta in Yevamos. That's also quoted in the Babli there. Uh, people may have, may have seen it more in the Babli than the Tosefta. But in any event, Rabbi Akiva Omer. Ah, and before we do this, just mention, we didn't uh, cite this at the beginning, but the uh, in Parshas Noah, early on, uh, the idea of humans being in the divine image is cited as the reason why murder is prohibited. Shofech dam ha'adam, one who spills the blood of man, ba'adam damo yishafech. By man, his blood shall be spilled. Because he, God, created Adam in the image of God. We, we discussed that at some length last week, and uh, we're going to see it comes into play here as well. So, Rabbi Kiva Omer, Kol damim, continuation. Whoever spills blood, meaning whoever kills another person, diminishes the divine image. You're in a sense you're hurting. God's image. You're making it less because of that verse, right? If you spill the blood of man, you get killed because uh, man is created in the image of God, and uh, destroying a person is like destroying God's image. not only murder, but failure to procreate also qualifies as spilling blood and uh, diminishing the divine image. That's the end of the Paso. But, right the logic is it's only a, a, a step further meaning if the problem with murder is that you're removing a divine image from the world so not having children is removing potential divine images from the world the, the logic sort of it's a step further but it's basically uh, along the same lines uh, and then the, the other right this ties in the next pasuk, right after saying the prohibition of murder uh, it says aboutvousva right you should have children so it's not just the logic that connects, it's also the psukim that connects according to this reading. Ben Azay Omer, Kolshay no osi, Mepriya Revi, Arizah Damim, Umivatel Sadmus, Shemer to keep a sum a of a temporary view. Um, so he's repeating that line. Okay. Omer, the Ben Azariah, Ben Azai, Noin Dvarin, Kishahin Yotzin Osehan, Yeshna Dorish, No Noim, Mikhaim, Mikhaim Vein, Nadorish, Ben Azai, Nadorish, Vein, Nad Mikhaim. Ben Azai says Razari, this is very ironic for you to say this. Ben Azai, as we know from elsewhere, including the, the Bavli on this, Ben Azai himself uh, didn't didn't marry or have children, and yet he gets up and says, whoever doesn't have children, it's as if they murdered and diminished the divine image. And yet Ben Azai himself didn't do that. So this is a case of na'adorish Kai. It's a very nice idea, but you're not actually fulfilling your ideas. So what does he respond? What can I do? My soul loves Torah. I'm committed to learning Torah. I can't have distractions in my life, like marriage or children. And therefore, the world can be uh, established by others. Other people can have children and and, uh, establish the divine image. I myself am not going to go down that path. So it's really fascinating, this internal tension between Ben Azai's opinion and his personal practice. But I think in any event, what we see from here is the importance of, of, uh, of Purvu, at least in theory, if not in practice. The importance of Purvu along these lines and its connection to the divine image, right? That God's uh, that God's image is enhanced um, or is increased when people have children, uh, which is the flip side of it being decreased and diminished when, when people die or when people are killed. Um, and it doesn't sound like there's any distinction here between uh, men and women. It doesn't say you know, having a boy is good for pruvu. having a girl is not. In fact, um, uh, you know, in the, in the same context, uh, we have the opinions of Beishamai and Beishilal, where Beishamai says uh, pruvu is two boys. You need to have two boys to behold the Mitzvah. But Beishilal says, and we pause him like this, Beishilal says you need to have one boy and one girl. Why? That's that's sort of like the most basic structure, right? You uh, That's uh, you know, the close, more or less, more or less the replacement rate. All right you have uh, you have a mother and a father and they, if they have a boy and a girl they've they've perpetuated uh, they've perpetuated themselves leaving aside 2.1 and whatever the math there that, that's you know but more or less that's a replacement rate um so on that view it, that only makes sense if you think that uh that uh, the divine image inheres in girls just as much as in boys so that's important to keep in mind uh as well and generally Rabbi Akiva is a student well yeah so uh, it's interesting how that ties in here with Rabbi Akiva versus Rabbi Lazar, but we're not going to get into the details there. Um, were there, was there is there a question?
2: Yes, there was a question um, from Ozzy Orbach from Facebook. Um, Ozzy is asking, if Abraham is created in divine image, why wasn't he created circumcised?
0: Um, that's a good question. I guess you, if you put together a couple of sources, that's a question. Let's, let's put that on hold for now, um, uh, just because we're in the middle of this, and I don't know if there's a good answer offhand. Uh, other than maybe you know, other uh, for Avram was meant to to show the mitzvah, so that maybe that was his. He was the first one to do the mitzvah, maybe that's why. But um, we'll put that on hold for now, and let's let's jump back <laughs> in to uh, source eleven. Source eleven, you may recognize these texts from Shema Brachos. The, the source for Shema Brachos is Right, you have with a minion, you have Berachos Chasanim, namely Shema Brachos for the seven days after the wedding in in the. Uh, uh, Basula Basula case, Amr Yehuda, Vihud Shabanim Kadashos, if you're Panim Kadashos, fine. My Mavarak, what's the text of Shabbat We're going to focus on the first few. Amr of Vihuda, Brahmshama Kimaklam, Shakul Baralichwoodo, that he, God, created everything for his own glory, for his own honor. Okay, that sounds like it's the creation of the world. Vyotser Adam, right? God who created Adam. We saw that, right? Vayitser Shamal Adam. God created Adam. Bracha number three. And now it's going to get more detailed. So it's also about creating Adam, but it's more specific. right? God created Adam in his image, in God's image, in the image of the, of the likeness of his form, however exactly you translate that, fine. And now the key words, And he established, God established, lo for him, not clear who the him is, from him, from Adam, binyana de'ad, a structure forever. Blessed are you, God, who created Adam. So what are the options of what v'hiskin lo menu could refer to? What does lo mean, right? This, uh, uh, well, well, first, what is it talking about in general? What does it mean to, to create for him, from him? What's the from him mean? What does it mean that, that something was created from Adam? an everlasting uh, structure. So it, it sounds like it's talking about, right? Chava, so like from, from right? his, Chava. Yeah, sorry. Right, great. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Yes, um, right. So Chava is created from Adam, right? As we saw in Perak Bay Zebratius, from his rib or whatever exactly that is. Um, but what does it mean, hiskin Lo? He created, he created uh, Chava from Adam for him. For who? Whose purpose does that serve? And there's more than one right answer. Yeah, Chana um
1: on the first reading i thought it's for him for adam like he created it from him for him sort of derivative from him but a tool for him or something like that but actually on the second reading it doesn't necessarily have to be so
0: okay but well let's start with that and the then we'll, we'll get back to your second option yeah well right the straightforward reading i think is as chana as just said right that's from adam god created something for adam as it says in the torah right adam is searching for this helpmate god helps adam out and creates Chava and then uh gives Chava to Adam so to speak right that's the straightforward reading in which case um it sounds if you read it that way it doesn't sound like uh Chava's created in the divine image right Adam's created in the divine image and then God creates a helpmate for Adam namely Chava and uh and that's part of the their you know their binyan but there's another way of reading it so what's the other way of reading it
1: so the other reading would be he created it for from from him for the, for the creator, so that it's and then that that changes, of course, the meaning of of celem also. Then the celem would actually be or could not theoretically also refer to that the tool which he created for himself, what the creator created for themselves,
0: right? Okay, for, right. And,
1: and, the, and the word bin, uh, binyan ad is a day ad is maybe also him, sort of hinting at that, right? Because it's not. But it's but like something more, you know, eternity or I don't know as right, a different has a little category. bit of a different category, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think that's that's an alternate reading. Actually, um Lorberbaum prefers this reading in his book. Um, but let, let's let's flesh it out exactly as of said, right? So if you say God created from Adam, Chava mean low for God, maybe that means that God created for God's own sake. Chava as part of this binyan as part of this structure, as part of God's creation overall. Now, why would God need to create something for himself? Because remember, the first bracha, all of creation is really for God's honor, for God's own sake at some level, right? So maybe Chava also is created for God's honor, for God's own sake as part of creation. And maybe, again, maybe Chava is equally on the level of Telmel Melkim as Adam. And there's no reason to distinguish between them. So it's definitely possible uh, to read that into this, uh, into the uh, Sheva Brachos, a couple of different readings here. But on the reading that Hiskin Lomi Menu, that Hashem created for Hashem's own sake, uh, Chava, as part of the glory of God's creation, that could very well indicate that Chava is created uh, in the divine image. And in that case, Adam doesn't just mean Adam, like Adam Arisham, but Adam means all of humanity, Yotzer Adam, and, uh, and Chava is a part of that, an essential part of that, that God directly uh, creates. Okay, so that's that's another fascinating piece of this. And let's uh, jump, just jump uh, sources out of place. Jump to the end, source number twenty. I think this may be one of the clearest sources in Chazal that uh, that uh, women uh, hold the divine image. On the passage, Kanisi Ish Es Hashem, um, Chava names her son Cain. She says, "I acquired a man or a boy with God," and so. Rabbi Shmuel asks Rabbi Kiva. There's this. this uh, Rabbi Kiva used to have this practice under his teacher Nachum Gamzo, To uh, for 22 years, he would interpret all s's. Anytime it says the word s, the word et, he would say that adds something. So hi s What does it mean? Kanisi ish Hashem. I created a man with God. What's who's the s adding? Um, right. So Amar kanisi Hashem. What does that mean? It's not empty. If you think it's empty, that's your problem. You have to find the interpretation. So what does it mean? We're on the, the towards the end of the second last line. Previously, right? Adam was created from dirt. That's why his name is Adam, like Adam. Adam was created from Adam. From now on, we will have children in our image, in our likeness. Not a man without a woman, not a woman without a man, right? Because Adam was created just, you know, God created Adam. Chava was created just from a man. From now on, all humans will be created from both a father and a mother. There'll be a man and a woman. and But also, a third participant will be the Shechina, will be the divine, will be the divine image, meaning, or the divine presence. So, and, and this is this is uh, the basis of the teaching that there's three, adam, three participants. the creation of every person, namely God and the two and the male and female parent. But what's clear here is that passing on the divine image requires all of the above, requires God, requires mother, requires father. And it doesn't seem like it's the province of men more than women. It sounds like um, God is a participant passing on the divine image and the parents are also necessary participants. And in fact, maybe part of what it means to be in the divine image is this capacity to create other humans, right? To continue the chain, to pass on uh, that divine image to others means that you have the divine image so this is a clear case uh where well it doesn't doesn't literally say that well, it doesn't say men or women are in the divine image but it seems pretty clear the fact that they can produce other children who have the shechina who have the divine presence as part of their being that sounds uh, that's what right our and it's plural our image our likeness meaning other and Chava will pass on their own image and likeness tracing back to god's image and likeness every time that they have children. So this seems to be a pretty clear source uh, for both men and women having selamelkim and having that be closely tied to procreation, to revu. All right, quick pause for any other questions or uh, or thoughts before we move into the home stretch and uh, some of the more creative midrashim about uh, about uh, what Adam and Chava looked like when they were first created. Any questions, thoughts, ideas? Musing's. All right, we'll jump right back then. Um, so, and, and we're going to see here, Chazal have an interesting approach. It's interesting for a few reasons. Number one, it tries to resolve some of the tensions and contradictions among the biblical texts, among the pesukim, and it also interacts very interestingly in, uh, in with with what you might call the science of the times. There are there are these traditions. Uh, within Hellenistic culture about, uh, about Adam and Chava or the first people being, uh, you know, fused, male and female fused. So let's look at Plato in the symposium. I, I, as I said, we we're going to have Plato, um, not, not, uh, not Plato about universals per se, but Plato about the first, this idea of, of the original male and female. So he says, our original nature was by no means the same as it is now. In the first place, there were three kinds of human beings, not merely the two, two sexes, male and female, as at present, there was a third kind as well equal shares of the other two whose name survives though the thing itself has vanished and that's man woman was then a unity in form no less than name meaning there wasn't this idea of like men and women as one species there was a physical form that had both male and female the thing is, uh and uh right now it's just a, a, a name and he says the form of each person was round all over with back and sides encompassing it every way each had four arms and legs to match these two faces perfectly alike on a cylindrical neck. So I'm not gonna be able to draw a description of this, but it sounds like you have a full man and a full woman and they're attached. There was one head to the two faces, which looked opposite ways, right? So like Voldemort style, right? You have one head with two different sides to it, each of which can, uh, can see and can, and, and uh, has a face. And, um, right? and one was male, one was female. Four ears, two uh, privy members, meaning private parts, um, all the other parts in proportion it walked upright, it, it, uh, it could run fast, whatever exactly the, the look is, it sounds like this is some fused combination of male and female. This was a, a standard idea in Greek thought at the time, and chazal, uh, as we know, were to some degree or other within that world. They had certainly heard these stories, and maybe they understood this was part of, of what uh, science believed. In any event, chazal, we're going to see, uh, read the Pesukim as incorporating this idea. So, uh, source, source number 13, again, So let us create Adam in our image with our likeness. Uh, back and front, you have created me, or you have pained me. Different different ways of translating that. When Adam was created, he was androgynous, meaning this androgynous being, Having both uh, male and female uh, uh, sexual characteristics. So that's one interpretation. And the basis for that is Zachar Unikeva, right? It says, God created Adam, he created Adam male and female. Now, we until now, understood that to mean that, that humanity has male and female uh, uh, genders, right? But the way that this, uh, that way that is understanding it is that no. Adam, one person was created, Zachar, was created simultaneously, male and female. And now a slightly different interpretation. He created him with two faces. Then he split him and it had one side here, one side there. But this interpretation makes it sound like there were, right, again, like just like we saw in Plato, the idea of having two different faces. Maybe on two different sides of a head, or maybe like Siamese twins. However, exactly you understand that here it's not just that um, Adam had uh, both the, the sexual characteristics of male and female, but that he actually there were actually two different heads and maybe even two different bodies that were later split. And what's the Medrash doing by doing this? It's explaining number one: what does it mean? How do we say Adam? And then we in singular and then use plural. Is it or and male and female? Is it singular or plural? The answer is both. Right? Adam was a single being. Was both male and female simultaneously, single and plural, um, and at the same time, it's also reconciling the two different stories in Genesis. Right? Is Adam created once at once, male and female are created by God, or is first Adam created and then God sort of pulls out, uh, pulls out uh, a rib and creates Chava? And the answer is well, sort of both. Right. First Adam is created with both male and female aspects, and then later on, God splits the two and uh, and then they're separate. So you're reconciling both internally within uh, Peric-Aleph of Brages and reconciling between peric Aleph and peric Bays. And just as a bonus, it fits with the ideas of how, of this idea of the androgynous being that everyone knew, the androgyne that everyone knew from a Greek thought at the time. Fascinating idea. And we're going to have to think in a couple of minutes, what does this tell us about the divine image? Right? What actually is the divine image if Adam is created uh, in, in a manner that none of us, uh, uh, you know, well, depending on the description, um, but certainly the Diopart Sufin, none of us uh, look like that today that I know of, right? I think even Siamese twins are always the same gender. So I don't think there's any being today that uh, that would exist like the Diopart Sufin. So what does that mean for us uh, For us in terms of Selma Kim? So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, fine. It's worth noting, source 14 later in Bracious Raba, it talks about this idea of uh, in, in the context of Lo uh, it's not good for Adam to be alone. So it talks about how a man without a woman, not being married, has all sorts of problems: no bracha, no atonement, no anything else. We're not going to go into that, but the point is uh, uh, that it, the the, uh, the a very strong approach to the value of marriage, and maybe some have noted, just like in the in the Greek context, uh, the part of the idea of this uh, original. Uh, and androgyne is that you split m- male from female but then there there's a natural drive for them to come back together um, so there's a similar idea here in, in terms of marriage as well right the marriage is supposed to undo that separation at some level okay as someone noted before the idea of of uh, of marriage being a return of, of man to woman th- that fits a lot more strongly within this account that there actually was a human being that was both man and woman this whole uh, this this idea in the Medrash is quoted in the Bavli as well. I don't know how much time we're going to get into it uh, uh, inside. Just we're limited to, in terms of time, but uh, you'll see that the, the underlined parts, especially, talks about VeYitzer having two yuds. That might be the Yitzer Tov and the Yitzer Hara for for the person who asked before. Um, and but then animals don't have a Yitzer, uh, but it has, says VeYitzer about them too. Fine. Um, it talks about Oily MiYotzri, Oily MiYitzri. This uh, tension people have between their uh, evil inclination. Having them do it that wants them to do Averos versus their yotzer following God's will, however, you understand that. And then, uh, another interpretation of why it says with two yuds, God created Adam with two faces, that's why it's with two yuds. It was a double creation, it was a creation of a man with a woman. A couple of further interpretations of this. This is going to shift things a bit. We don't know who between Raim and Shmuel said each of these, but they said these two views. Um, that either the second, right, the selah, the, the the rib, the side of other that became Chava, either that was parts of it, it was a second head, it was a second face, maybe two sides of a head, maybe two heads, whatever it is, that's one view. The other view is Zanav, very different view, that that's the back, literally the tail. Does that mean, could that be that like front of the head, back of the head? Or does that mean literally the tail, like just an appendage in the back is where Chava came from? Not exactly clear, but these are two different accounts, really with different, uh, your understanding of, right? Presumably, if you would ask, the Zana view might not say that Chava is kim sort of just a, a tale um, that became a person. But whereas we think that it's a second part, of, so then maybe there's equality, hard to know for sure. And um, we go into the interpretation, Sartani, where you do that Pasuk? Later on in the Gemara, we ask about this uh, as well, with the tension between the singular and the plural. And um, here, and this important line I highlighted, B'tchila, Alev and Livros, Shnayim, echad. God originally wanted to create two people, Adam and Chava as separate beings. In the end, God only created one and then separated it into two. So what does that do? How do we understand that? We'll see that in a minute. And then finally, it talks about, L'madam are parts of Haimina, Yusagib, Eresha. If you think that it's about, that Chava has a face, a second face to, to Adam, who's in, who's in front? who's walking in front and who's walking behind. And we quote Bryce, that a man shouldn't walk behind a woman, presumably for Tznias reasons. And it says, therefore, Ada must have been in front and Chava behind. So the question is, do you read this as saying that there's some sort of hierarchy between uh, the sexes? Or no, maybe this is just a technical issue of of Tznias, different ways of understanding it. In any event, there's a lot more here than we didn't read inside. But um, the Babli, Takes this teaching from Miderish Rabba, from Branches Rabba, and expands on it and explicates it a bit more, and also complicates it a bit. Right? Is it a second parts of? Is it a zun of? Not exactly clear who's in front. It complicates it further. With our remaining two minutes, and then after that we'll take questions. We have we have the issue of okay, so what do we do with all of this? How do we understand these these uh, midrashim and these chazals? And uh, again, there's uh, there's different ways of taking it. There's there's different approaches um we'll just survey three different views one is the rashba should rashba and we're not gonna read this inside but um he has this problem of what do you mean that god originally wanted to create two and then created one Did god change his mind did god not know what he was doing the first time that can't be and uh, instead he he he, uh, he settles on two different explanations um that one of them is that really adam is the primary being it's like the sun and the moon right Adam's like the sun is like the moon and the, the, the moon is supposed to serve the sun, and that was the idea. God wanted to uh, create them separately. In the end, God created them together. That's one approach. And then he says, that no, it's really, God originally wanted to create Adam and Chava as separate beings, just like all other animals, created a male horse and a female horse, that, to start with. And instead, in the end, God created them singularly as one being and then took Chava from that. And I think the implication here is that actually because they're created together, there may be both in the divine image, or the, the joint creation is in the divine image, as opposed to creating them separately, um, where, where you know, it's not clear how that would have been. But somehow that original, that, uh, that creation in a unified way is in the divine image. However, you take the second reading, the first reading of the Rashba seems pretty clear that um, Chava is Tafel to Adam, Chava is secondary to Adam. Adam is the prime, primarily in the divine image, and Chava is, is not. So that, th- there's two possibilities in the Rashba there. Um, but let's move to the contemporary period. I think we'll see a different emphasis. So this is an essay from almost 30 years ago from Pinchas Stoppler in tradition, where he he makes the point that, and this is what you might conclude from reading the Gemara, the true Selim Elohim, the image or reflection of God, is ha'adam, man and woman together. This androgynous being, that's the actual Selim Elohim. And separately, there's actually something missing in, in his view. Um, right, this article about marriage. But he would say that uh, Tselmelo Kim is actually this, this original being of man and woman together. And that's why the end of that discussion, the end of the Parikh Bays, talks about marriage. That's the goal of, uh, of aspiring to achieve that idea of unity. We're not going to read it inside. I think it's a little bit of a stretch uh, for partially for the reasons I mentioned before. The idea that the divine image is something that physically was created with Adam and never has existed since um, and yet we're all in the divine image. It's a bit hard to say that, and certainly we don't mean this halakhically. No one would say that, um, you know, a, a person who's not married doesn't qualify for any of the halachos, like burial or uh, you know, them. so it's, it's not meant in halachic level, but he's saying this as some as some broader Ashkafic level based on the Gemara. Again, it's not it's not a crazy reading of the Gemara, right? The Gemara is saying God created Adam, dual parts, dual parts Sufin, as having two faces or as having as being both male and female simultaneously. Um, I think the more the maybe, for me at least, the more convincing reading, uh, and maybe we can draw on Rav Lezer Melamed, who says just simply, he reads the Pesukim, and he says, It's clear from reading the Psukim, God creates Adam in the divine image, male and female. That means all people, male and female, all genders, are in the divine image. Simply, how do you understand the Gemara? How do you understand the Medrash? That Adam was first created in this dupart sort of way. So I think, what you can argue from that is, it's not that it's not that the physical form of you know having both uh, both genders is what constitutes the divine image, but it's it, the fact that Adam was created in an androgynous way means that it's actually the opposite of all the views that say that only men are in the divine image, right? You say only men are in the divine image. Adam was not a man, right? Adam was uh, androgynous. Adam had this mix of characteristics because uh, being in the divine image. It's not, it transcends the category of male or female. It's about being human. It's about being Adam in the general sense, not Adam, the specific person, not Adam, a man, but being Adam in the human sense, as Ezra of Malamed is saying here on the Pesachim, I think you can read that into the Medrash too. And certainly on the view of the Rambam and others, where it's a we saw this a couple of weeks ago, it's is primarily about uh, having intellect or the ability to have free will or the ability to have a soul on the Rambam's view, other views. Certainly all of those views, um, there's nothing, uh, I, you know, I would say uh, certainly women have uh, possessed those just as much as men, certainly as much as Adam Rishon, as the original Adam who had, who had no particular uh, uh, gender or had both genders. Um, you know, every human participates in Selim El-Kim in that way. So I think uh, rather than, you know, you can read it, you can read it like the Rashba and say, no, really it's Adam and Kava's secondary. Okay, it's a bit of a stretch. You can read it like Rabbi Stalper and say that, Um, right, the only Tzal kim is this mix. I think the straightforward explanation is humans are in the divine image. Adam, Adam is a species. Uh, The uh, the humanity is in the divine image. Zachar and Akeva, both, neither. It doesn't matter. If you're human, you're in the divine image. I think that fits very well also with various accounts of what Tzal kim is, if it's something spiritual, if it's something intellectual. Um, So I think that's, at least the way I see it, a very reasonable way of reading uh, these Chazals. And and reading the psukim especially, and uh, trying to understand uh, the issue of Telmo Kim along with gender. Um, okay, we're a bit over time. I'll take some uh, questions. Yeah, everyone's everyone's uh, encouraged to ask questions. Some people are two faced. Okay, uh, I think I don't know if that was meant literally or not, but uh, either way, uh, sure. Any any other questions or thoughts or reflections on these sources? And again, sorry we had to rush a bit at the end. There's a, it's a very rich topic. Yes, Deborah.
1: I wonder if we should rush to resolve it. Maybe what it's saying is there's an always a tension um, between what's male in us and what's female in us, and what takes precedence over what. Um, maybe we should leave it more open. And I mean, it's more like maybe like Gael's archetypes—that is, there's more than one thing going on.
0: Okay, right. That's definitely uh, you know a possible explanation. I think some of the interpretations we saw have you know try to keep the tension um right they try to retain this idea that there's different levels and adam harishon is like super in the divine image and some other creatures are less in the divine image and you know derivative approach or a you know a helper approach and there's there's different definitely different approaches that 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 take some middle path um you know i would say what part of what drives me and maybe rav malamed also i don't know to take the approach to just say um, that uh, tselamelkim is across the board is, is really the ethical question. Meaning, as soon as you say that some humans have more have more tselamelkim than others, you're opening yourself up for uh, mistreatment to those who lack the full tselamelkim. So uh, that, that's a dangerous path to go down, especially if it's not shot in chomish and it's not shot in chazal either. So I, I think I, I think you know, there are interpretive reasons to see the tension. I agree, but I think there are both interpretive and uh, maybe ethical reasons to. Uh, to, to uh, try to resolve the tension in a certain direction.
1: Maybe it means it's our work to try to resolve it. That is, on some level, um, we are sensitive to differences and we have all of our prejudices about it and we'll find ourselves um, treating other people or at least thinking about other people differently. And maybe it's always a challenge to us not to go down that road.
0: Sure, yeah, that, that very well could be. And I guess the question then is, um, you know, when you talk about, and really about you know, the metaphysics uh, or the, uh, the, uh, you know, the hierarchy of creation. So to what extent is that something that reflects the world as it is, or is that reflecting the world as it should be? And maybe if it reflects the world as it should be, then precisely what you said, Deborah, right? That it's our job to try to aspire to ensure that all people who have uh, are treated uh, at, with, with, uh, with the proper status that they deserve. Okay, any, any final questions or thoughts?
2: There's a question from Judy Kramer. Uh, what is the purpose of your quote from the Corinthian?
0: Ah, The purpose of that quote was to show how uh, at that early stage, you know, in about the first century CE, some readers of the Torah, although certainly not traditional Jews, but uh, probably they saw themselves as Jews in some way, um, uh, were reading the Torah along those lines. Were, were understanding um, gracious as saying that men are created in the divine image but not women that this was a live view at that point in time although again i think i don't think we find sources in chazal that go in that direction and uh, uh you know maybe some later sources do maybe some interpretations could take it that way but i thought it was worth seeing some early uh you know people who saw themselves as jews in some sense reading the torah that way uh, two thousand years ago that was the thought and again right right it's always it's always helpful to to understand read chazal in context of what they were reading, or what was going on around them, right? So the the, the source from Plato was also with that goal to see the context of what's happening around Khazal. That you know, written before, but uh, you know, the, those those traditions were known in Khazal. Um, yeah, it's always helpful to see things in context. Um, some people even do PhDs on, on those sorts of things. All right. Any final questions or thoughts?
1: I have another question. Um sure. Uh, in the last couple of sources which we read, I had the impression that this uh, androgynous creature was ultimately then again split into Nikeva and Zachar, like it's sort of the binary was, it didn't remain as an androgynous andro, andro, or something like that. And in Chazal, of course, you have also the androgynous who is then again halakhically split into, in this context, he's ordered or she... It, they are um, like a man, and in that context, they are like a woman, and so forth. So ultimately, you have. I was wondering if you have again that um, dynamic of setting a sort of physical entity that is physically androgynous, but then halachically, it's it's sort of yeah not split because it's still the same person, but it's in different contexts. It's it's functions differently.
0: Yeah, that, oh, that's, that's that is, question. Oh, 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 um, yeah, I mean, I think one thing I saw when I was preparing this is some of the commentaries on the Gemara said, well, you know, if if uh, if, if Adam was an androgynous and androgynous halakhically for most purposes is male, so maybe that means that you know then they sort of fed that into the view that men have cell more than women because you know Adam, despite having these female characteristics, was halakhically, you know, for the most part male so that's mm-hmm. one way of, of you know sort of undermining the you know the unit the unite you know the approach that sees them as united i guess what you're saying is is um right maybe we can we can see this idea of splitting uh and of having a split identity i mean i wonder because i think <laughs> because i think the, the the power of the idea of other being created as androgynous is precisely that at the time of creation where the divine image was passed on it was passed on to this joint creature right mm-hmm. this joint uh, human that was only later split but somehow the ideal is is like a you know you say, so to uh, get back to that right and whereas if you look at Chazal and how Chazal understand the androgynous usually either they pull it in one direction or the other but there's no real there there, there there's no new category for androgynous right sort of right one category or the other yes um, so yes I don't know is that is that doing the same thing as what happened with Adam yes. or is it the opposite uh, but it's definitely helpful to think with. So thank you for It's sort of it.
1: not not getting together again. It's in Khazal it's it, it it's sort of made legally legible as man or woman but not as
0: Yeah, not even as though an they
1: all, even though the, this creator, of course conti- sort of co- exists in uh, in Hazal as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. So that's
1: yeah, it's just just an
0: idea I don't know. No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> helpful helpful perspective. Yeah, yeah, L.
1: I just wanted to comment on the gesta- human gestation. You know, it doesn't differentiate until about four months. The it's um, it it could go either way as as to the differentiation of the the Ben-A-Dum. and so I, I just think that's interesting when we're talking about this this co- combined gender.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yes. You're, you're saying it can split either way in terms of like the way it appears, right? I assume the, the genes are already, the baby's genes are already set one way or the other. Right? It's just they don't manifest yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Interesting.
0: Okay, well, if there's no other questions, I think uh, Evie has a couple of announcements to make, and uh, then we'll all say goodbye.
1: Thank you, Rabbi. It was wonderful.
2: Thank you so much, Rabbi uh, Dr. Shlomo Zakir. It was a great class i'm looking forward to continuing next week and thank you to everyone who joined us today on zoom Risha live on facebook where we are going to continue our full programming tomorrow at 1pm with the fourth part of a multi-part series by, by dr shayna strauch chic on the laws of kashrut and jewish gentile relations in addition to this class we have many more classes happening right now you can find out more information as well as the registration links on our website at www.drisha.org classes or watch live at www.drisha.org live. Thank you again, Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Zakir, for this opportunity to learn with you. And for everyone who attended, we truly hope to see you soon at one of our upcoming classes at Drisha.